All right. We have power. They're searching for me, and they're turning it up where I can't quite hear them, can't quite. And I turn it on, and whoop. And uh, loud meets really loud. Okay. Um, turn your Bibles to 1 John, the midnight cry. What a blessing, you know. I uh, just remember back in the 80s, listening to, or late 80s, early 90s, listening to that song, and it was such a blessing. I think I hear it from Mark Gray, and a few others would sing it too. And that's a blessing when you think about that, because that's a reality. Uh, in the Christian walk, in the Christian life, it's never been this late before, before the Lord comes back. And that keeps us in mind. We, need, we ought to have a fresh th- uh, thought of that Jesus Christ is coming back. And boom, all of a sudden, we're changed. All of a sudden, it is so real, we're there with God. And that is going to be a profound moment uh, of realization and all that we've been taught, all that we believe is coming in fruition. No more is there need for faith because, wow, you're looking there at the Lord. The Lord is there, and uh, everything has come together. You have a new body, and uh, I won't have, you won't have to put up with your old body anymore. And you may think, well, I'm young. i got a, just a fine body. Well, you get your new body, you'll be thinking, wow, I got, this is a much better model. Uh, and so uh, the Lord has really got some things, I believe, in store that are wonderful, things that we do not deserve, but God is graciously going to give that to us as, as through his promises of his word. But First John chapter 2, and uh, let's go ahead and stand with the reading of God's word. Why don't we do that tonight? First John chapter 2 and verse 12. The Bible says here, it says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, you for, uh, you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, in verse 13, because ye have known, ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have, in verse 14, I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. And it continues on here. We see that in verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we see all this as wonderful things here. We see uh, a progression of things happening, and, and uh, we see how uh, it's important for us tonight. I'm going to be talking about a growing Christian. We need to be growing Christians, and we need to be concerned about that. We need to be concerned about others growing and uh, becoming stronger Christians. And so let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for this time. I pray that you bless, Lord, our time in your word. And the few moments that we have tonight, I just pray that you would just bless it. Thank you for all that you've done in our lives and saving us. And, and for us to know for sure that we're on our way to heaven, what a, what a gift that is. And we thank you, God, that we can celebrate that every day. We can also allow that to be a, a gift that uh, a, goes to someone else as we're concerned about their soul, that we would give them a track and we would uh, reach out and, and ask them if they're saved. I pray that you would just help us, Lord, to uh, be, Lord God, what you'd have us to be, Lord, that we would honor and glorify you. Bless our time now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And uh, we see tonight we have a great need for us as Christians is to grow. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've been talking about uh, bushels of growing plants and things like that. We want our plants to grow, other things to grow. When you have a baby, uh, you have a baby in the house. We want that baby. We get a baby. We've had 10, uh, but we've <laughs> some of them are still babies. Can you believe that? No, just kidding. Uh, but they're babies. We want them to grow. 
And we want them to go somewhere with what we're giving them. We want them to go, you know, we want them to grow. It's all a great desire to give them the best food and the best ability and the best chance at, at life, but they must grow. And tonight, I believe tonight, we have uh, a great opportunity to, to uh, be and go somewhere for the Lord, but we have, to be, we have to be concerned about our growth, and we have to be discern, concerned about other people's growth. And uh, here's a question. Are you, gro- are you a growing Christian? Are you growing? Are you concerned about growing? Uh, do, you, do you know the, and love the Lord Jesus Christ better today than you did last year or last week? There are some people who are saved, that, but they're not growing. You will never know the kind of victory and joy that we ought to know unless we learn to be a growing Christian. When we think about how to be a growing Christian refers to maturity. We must mature. And I know that we've all come across people, we would say, wow, that person needs a little maturity in their life. I mean, just in, in life itself, sometimes you run across some people, uh, they do some in, immature things. We as Christians, we need to grow, and yeah, Christians, we, as Christians, we can have fun, and we can enjoy life, and things like that, but we need to be concerned about growing and getting to know the Lord, and I think that uh, it's been a wonderful thing for Bible Baptist Church to uh, have some discipleship classes uh, in that area, and I know in the, last, in, in, in the past, I've taken discipleship uh, programs before, and it's been a blessing of the church to have that discipleship programs. I know some churches even have different levels of discipleship programs. I do know that we have a, uh, when you get first get saved, we have a booklet we give out, and then we have a, uh, the discipleship booklet that's a little differently, more, it's more involved, and, and it's a blessing uh, to see people grow and to do something with that. It doesn't do us any good unless we do something with it, amen, unless we grow, unless we make it our lives, unless we put the uh, uh, rubber to the road and, and make it work. Uh, tires don't do you any good unless you put them on your car and you drive your car somewhere. Then you realize, hey, I got some good, pretty good tires. But you wouldn't know that unless you do that. And uh, we see today, we have Christians today, and I know that down through time, from the time that I was a uh, young person when I got saved, I know I got saved when I was young, but it was, uh, it was a, I, w- I was saved in a church that was growing fast. It was growing fast. I don't know how many converts they would have in a year, but I do know that they had a lot. They had hundreds and maybe a thousand. I don't know. They had a lot of converts, and uh, it was growing. People were getting baptized, saved all the time. People were getting baptized all the time, and it was growing. But I, I have to say that back in that time, I think it's probably a picture of a lot of different churches. Is uh, There was a lot of growth, but there wasn't a lot of maturity going on, uh, and that's unfortunate. And that's certainly something when things are going so fast, you're trying to keep up with everything. And, and that was just, it just seemed like the, the thing. And, and so unless the, the, a lot of the growth would happen when, of course, coming to church. And, but our personal time is important. Our personal time with the Lord is important. And growing and being concerned about others, that they're here, that they can grow. And uh, I think getting people plugged in. I praise the Lord for the fact that you come here to Bible Baptist Church. A lot of times, Pastor will have an outline. And it's a blessing because that outline has some meat on it. Amen. And it's something worth it, worth to be consuming. And we're supposed to be consuming. We're supposed to be going somewhere with that. And it's supposed to be nourishment for our spiritual souls. And we have a great need today for uh, Christians to be mature, to grow, and not be that little baby anymore. Yeah? 
I mean, there's nothing like a baby. There's, it's a great time. There's nothing like a baby that uh, when you have a baby in the household and that baby is growing, you're admiring the fact that, oh, they moved on to crawling and they're crawling and then pretty soon they're running. And then you want to get them back to crawling because they're running around and that's not good because, you know, now you have to have a safety net. You have to get your house in order and get some knickknacks off the shelves and different things like that and make it uh, kid-proof or baby-proof almost, you know. And you got the terrible twos, right? You have the terrible twos, and if, you're, if you know some terrible two kids out there, they're out there. Some are worse than others, but they have their terrible twos. And sometimes that terrible two carries on to uh, when they're three or when they're four because they don't mature. All right, that's just the way it is. But we want them to grow. We want them to get to the place where they're eating and they're eating the, the more the, the food. We're not pushing it too hard, but where we know that there's time frames where they're moving from a mom's milk to uh, the different foods and some of that baby food we're feeding them or scooping in there. And sometimes if you taste that stuff, it's just gross as can be. But, uh, but they're eating it. I, yeah, look at that. They're hungry. They're eating it. And, and sometimes you have to put a little applesauce in there and you put it in there and, oh, here we go. Here it comes in for a landing. And you're getting them to eat. And you're, you're just, as a parent, you get pretty professional about that. And, you're, and your siblings do, too, as the older siblings feed them and all that. Uh, but we see that uh, today we need Christians to grow. We need Christians to be what they need to be uh, in order to honor, honor God. And we need to get this. And we understand as Christians we, uh, we need to have that maturity. You can be young only once, but you can be immature for a long time. It's true. You can be young once, but immature for a long time. We don't need immature. We need, to, we need to mature. And there's rewards for that. There's encouragements for that. There's just some things that you're going to enjoy in maturing. There's a good thing about those are good things when we mature. Hebrews 6.1 says this. Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. We understand that we are to move forward. We think about how it is, it is possible to be spiritually healthy and not mature. A young child can be healthier than a 50-year-old man, but he is not mature. If you are a newborn babe in Christ and rejoicing in the Lord Jesus, then you are healthy. But that does not mean you are mature. You may be gifted, but not mature. In 1 Corinthians 1.7 says this, 1 Corinthians 1.7 says, So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think sometimes we can be busy about a lot of different things and busy. And, and uh, I remember hearing a uh, message one time in, uh, from Doug Fisher at Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College. And it was, a great it was a great message. I remember it to this day. He had three different students on the stage. And he, and he had each one, uh, and, he, and, he, and he told about the, he, he had an example. And it was a great example of how we could be busy for the Lord and yet not maturing, not growing, not going somewhere, not getting what we need to mature and grow the nutrients that we need. And, and, and being a healthy uh, person. Now, I'll tell you, uh, many of us know that we can eat junk food. How many of you like junk food? I like junk food. I like pizza. I like Cheetos. I like ice cream. I like, uh, yeah, I like a lot of different junk food. But you're not going to get a lot of nutrients out of some of that junk food. And some people have said that some of that cereal we buy, you'd be better to eat the box than what's inside. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, we get rid of the box because we, we don't want our kids to eat it. We put them in little jugs and things like that. But you understand that uh, God wants us to get into the Word. I think that might be the NIV section, people. I mean, they don't get much out of that. I don't know. 
But uh, <laughs> you'd be better eat the, 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 the outside of the Bible than the, I don't know, if you're not getting, you don't have a King James Bible, you're in trouble. Amen. Uh, amen. So, uh, but we understand that we need to grow, and uh, we need to be going somewhere with it. We need to be concerned about that. We need, to be, we need maturity in Christ-likeness. We need to be like our Savior. We need to love Him and get to know Him. Mature, maturity is being like Jesus. Ephesians 4.13 says this, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto, a, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He is our goal. He's our standard. Paul was not the standard. Peter wasn't the standard. The people in the Bible, uh, they, they, were, uh, they were of a standard, but Jesus is ultimately the standard. And we understand that, oh, Jesus, people, we need to get a passion for, for, for lost souls that Jesus had. So we understand that we, uh, we need growing Christians in, 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 in our churches today, in our church today. Uh, we see that in Ephesians 4.13, we saw that uh, the word perfect here does not mean sinless, but mature. We understand that until we get to heaven is when we become sinless. Amen. But we understand that we need to uh, push off sin. We need to reject sin in our lives. And it will always be a problem until you get to heaven. We understand also the marks of maturity. Uh, maturity is a long life process. And we actually go through three major stages. And we see that uh, first uh, John 2.12, and we see that... Um, 1 John 2, 12, we see here, I write unto you, little children, because your sins, because uh, your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men. So we have here, we have the, uh, we have the children, and we have the young men, and we have the fathers. And we find the fact that we have three stages, at least we see here. We understand that we need to be maturing as Christians. We, as we need to be maturing. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. And so it, it continues on there. We see the, the maturity in the process. In these verses, the Apostle Paul speaks of childhood, young manhood, and fatherhood. Or you can, you can say young lady or, uh, or mother. Things like that. You can put whatever you want there. We understand that there are uh, stages there. And we see that oh, you have that need to be progressing, moving forward, and embracing where God has us. Embracing where God has us. Being thankful for where God has us. Uh, so often I think that some people, uh, when you get older, I, I think some people think that I, I have no other use. I can't spend that much time doing what I used to do as far as knocking doors or doing this or doing that because I'm older. But uh, we, we see it differently than what God sees it. I know that there's a lot of uh, aging saints that are able to do so much more because they can pray and because they can be an influence on other people. And they can, they can put and be available to God instead of saying, well, I can't do anything. No, let God decide that. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you're still breathing, if you're still on this earth, God has a plan for you. Amen. And so we have a great opportunity to prove God. I think of, uh, <clears throat> I think of Joshua and Caleb. Hey, let's go get it. Yeah. And later they did go get it when they were a lot older, by the way. And by the way, they didn't, they didn't hold back. They didn't ask, well, I, I think I'm getting kind of older. I got a, I got a walker here, you know, whatever. And, and, and they, could have said, they could have said, oh, my back. Oh, I, I don't know if I'm up for this. They could have made all kinds of excuses, and they would, have been, they would have been okay with that. I mean, people would have been okay with that. But God says, no, 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 wait. You know, uh, 
I'm going to, you guys are left. I've, you, you lived here for a purpose. And Joshua and Caleb ended up going into the promised land. <laughs> and they ended up conquering. These guys did. And Joshua became a great leader down the road. And so God is not done with us. And God, is not, uh, God wants us to progress and move forward and embrace where we're at and living for God. We see that uh, each, of us, uh, each of us are in one of these three categories. God wants to move us in progression through these st- stages until we come to the fatherhood stage. The thrilling wonders of childhood. This is the mark of the child, childlike uh, Christian. And uh, we see that in verse 12, I write unto you little children, because your sins are forgiven, you, uh, you for his name's sake. You are forgiven. Amen. What a wonderful thing. When you get first saved, I was saved when I was 10 years old. I was a child. And I, I was a baby infant when I was growing. I needed to grow. I came to church. I was growing. I was opening my God's word. I was, and I was praying. I was learning what I needed to do. I got baptized. First step of obedience. And what a wonderful thing that is. And eventually, uh, I progressed. Some of you guys, you have? Oh, no. <laughs> but we, have, we want to progress. We want to grow. We need to be concerned. And uh, uh, when someone becomes a new barbarian in Christ, he is thrilled at knowing Jesus. All of his sins have been forgiven. He is all, he is all tomorrows and no yesterday. The little child lives in the realm of his feelings. He hasn't lost the wonder yet. There's nothing, about, nothing uh, greater than being around a new Christian, amen? They're excited. And sometimes you need to steer those guys away from the older Christians that have been around for a while. That uh, say, oh yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> they're not so excited as they once were, but they're excited. I'll never forget uh, at Open Door Baptist Church, Linwood, Washington, when I got saved. I remember that it was time to shake hands after we got uh, doing a hymnal. And uh, there was a lot of people there, hundreds of people were there. And we got done with the hymnal, and the, and the song leader said, okay, shake hands. And, and all of a sudden, this big guy came around and started shaking hands. I was his third guy. I, you know, some people would shake one hand. He'd have three or four or five people shaking hands. He'd have five people down the road by the time one person would have one person. And he... I, one person's handshaking. He'd come by, and this guy was a strap and huge guy, Jerry Lundquist. He was excited. He was just, he had gotten saved, and what a wonderful testimony he had. But this guy came by, and he shook my hand, and man, that guy had a hand that went around my little hand, and he shook my hand. How you doing? Oh, you, your name is John. Yeah. Can you let go of my hand? You know, and it's like, uh, this guy, was. he worked on the railroad. Man, that guy was all there, and he was excited. God had done something in his life. And God is do, was doing something. He was growing in, in God's grace. And he had a busload of kids, 60 kids on his bus. And he'd be all excited with them about life as a Christian life. He was a new creature in Christ. He was excited. His wife was excited. His family was excited. He had come to know Christ as a Savior. What a great opportunity that was to see that. And uh, because a lot of people have this idea that a lot of people have an idea that, you know, uh, life, oh, uh, Christian life, really, is that, that doesn't seem that exciting. But it is exciting. Amen. And we need to understand that. We need to embrace that. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget uh, that uh, he had, uh, the different people of the church, the different people we've come to know that have no, uh, uh, got saved and the great testimonies they, they had and that God had really done something for them. And they never lost that. I think older Christians, they kind of forget about it. They kind of lose that. And uh, God's word, I think through God's word, when he talked to Israel, he, a lot of times he says, you're going to forget. You need to write this stuff down. You need to remind yourself. You need to remind yourself what I have done for you and what 
you are the apple of my eye, and I'm going to take care of you. And God, he will, will take care of us. We see that little children are wonderful, but we don't want them to stay little children. Little children can be a, a lazy, rude, selfish, uncooperative, and mean. Wow. Uh, a failing church is a church where everyone is mature Christian. This would mean that people are not being saved day, uh, saved day by day. Have you? And I've been in churches where there hadn't been someone saved in a long time. We don't have that excitement. For some reason, there's an imbalance. There should be uh, people getting saved all the time. And that's a wonderful thing. There should, be, there, should, there should be the young man that's in the church. There should be some older Christians in the church. There should be that balance in the church. And there's that excitement that's whirling around. God is doing something. People are growing. People are maturing. People know Christ. They have a relationship with God. We think about they have a prayer life. They're spending time with God. We understand that this, we see that uh, once uh, once someone is saved at that moment, they are a child of Christ. The church should be mature, uh, be a, mat- a maternity ward for new Christians, but it is a sad, new, uh, sad when some uh, stay in the mater- maternity ward for the rest of their lives until it becomes a nursing home, and they never mature. Amen. Someone once said that to cease to, do, to be better is to cease to be good. And we understand that... Uh, we understand that uh, the triumph of war, uh, warfare of manhood. And uh, for, uh, we see that, uh, you know, 1 John 2, in verse 14, I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Now, we as Christians, we need to know that God wants us to be overcomers. You know, you're going to find stuff that happens in your life. You're going to find uh, not everything goes uh, peachy king now that you're saved or have been saved. Not everything is smooth sailing. I think Brother McCracken puts that. I think when he was here, he talked about smooth sailing. But that's, that's not what we, we, we have. Life is, is, uh, is different. But we have a Savior that will walk with us and help us through those, those things. And we see that uh, every step of the way, the devil wants to keep us in the childhood stage. Oh, you're moving along too little faster, son. Slow down. You're moving along a little too faster, lady. You need to slow it down there. And he's going to slow you down. Don't slow down. Keep growing. I don't mean you need to. This isn't some race. You need to be in a race like, yeah, you're, you're not growing fast enough. Uh, but we need, to, we need to continue on steadfastly. And we need to be steadfastly in his word. We see the devil. He doesn't want us to be strong. He doesn't want us to be workers or warriors. You know what? To be an overcomer means that we're a warrior. We have some things we're going to we're going to overcome. Who? The devil. This world. We're going to overcome the obstacles that the devil throws at us. We want only to be strong in the. We understand that we can only be strong in the Word of God. Not philosophy. Not what you think or whatever. We need to be strong in the Word of God. Uh, the tested wisdom of fatherhood. You know, it's a great thing when you have people that are. Uh, have weathered the storm, you get advice from them. It's a good thing. It's a neat thing. Um, and it's a great thing. We understand that the father stage is maturity where we can grow on. We think of God as not as a child but a, uh, or as a young man, but as a father. We think of the father as, uh, or God as a father. He's a father figure. We understand that he's in control. We understand that uh, Matthew 6, 9 says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
we say that prayer, praying to our Father. The goal in our lives is to be Christ-like, which is really to be like God the Father. Do we have, we understand that we have that influence on others, to be an influence like a father or a mother, or a, uh, to encourage others, those that are around us? There's a church full of people that need encouragement, that need to be there. Fellowship is an important thing. John 14, 9 says, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, uh, how sayest thou then, show us the Father? So we understand that Jesus said, hey, you look, look at me. I am like the Father. And we understand that they're all the same, but different, of course. We try in, but we understand that you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And it's an amazing thing how that is. And it's a great thing. When we spend enough time with someone, we begin to think and act like they do. Guess what? You're going you're to have respect for God. And you're going to spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to start acting like the Lord Jesus Christ. You're lockstep. You're just going to be like, you know what? You, there's something peculiar about you. Something peculiar. I can't put my finger on it, but boy, there's something about you. And we're peculiar people. And when we're Christ-like, people see that in us. When we spend time with someone, we become like that someone. What do fathers do? Fathers reproduce through soul winning and discipleship. A father not only meets our own needs, but uh, our, his own needs, but he also provides for the needs of others. He's concerned about others. Fathers have wisdom. Hey, there's some wisdom in fathers. We're supposed to have wisdom. Do people go to you when you have a heartache, a tear, a fear, or a problem? If so, then you have, uh, you have come to, uh, to the fatherhood stage of maturity. And we see the importance of moving along and allowing God to move us and allowing ourselves to grow. It spends time, spending time in the Bible, spending time in God's Word. As we grow up, we, uh, we do not substitute the fatherhood for uh, young manhood, and we do not substitute young manhood for childhood. All three stages are legitimate, and a father is a, co a, composite, a composite of them all. In a father, there ought to be a vision and a, a, a zeal of a young man. In a young man, there ought to be a wonder of a childhood. Amen. We do not grow from one stage to another. We just add each stage on. If we, per if we're per we are perfectly whole, all of these stages will be in us. We don't lose any of it. Amen. We just add on to it. And we think about how we move along. We see that, uh, we understand that the Apostle John, who wrote these passages, had to grow in maturity. When John was saved, he was a mean and nasty, and he stayed that way until he grew. He had a violent disposition. And so uh, Mark, uh, Mark uh, 3.17, it says that James, uh, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, and, and, and he surnamed son of uh, Bunerges, which is the sons of thunder. They were troublemakers. They were rubble rousers. Yeah, they, they, that's the way they started out. The nickname was the son of thunder. We see, understand that he was also selfish. Uh, we understand that a lot of them, I'm telling you, these disciples weren't perfect. And we understand that Jesus had to deal with them. He picked them. He knew what he was in for. But we understand that uh, he, he, he was with them. And uh, Mark 10, 37 says, They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand and the, other, and the other on your left, in thy glory. This is what they asked Jesus. <laughs> 
And we understand that, of course, down the road they would not ask these things. They would have maturity. We also understand that uh, they were uh, intolerant. They were, they, were, they were intolerant to a lot of things. And um, Luke, four, uh, Luke 9.49, Luke 9.49 Luke 9.49, I'll say it again because I'm still turning there. <laughs> Luke 9.49, and John answered and said, Master, we, have, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade them because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid them not, for he that is not against us is for us. So we understand that, of course, they, it was a learning process for John. And they were intolerant. And Jesus says, ah, oh, no, no. We understand that uh, John, uh, we understand that John uh, grew up, and when he wrote the go uh, Gospel of John, he was the disciple who leaned upon Jesus. John never even mentioned his own name. We understand that uh, he, would not, he wouldn't mention his own name. We also see that no longer is John uh, seeking the chief place. John is no longer has, uh, uh, we think about uh, he, things against people. We understand that John is moving along. He's progressing. He's maturing. A lot of these disciples, they had to mature. When Jesus is off the scene, guess what? It's time to grow up. We understand that they had the Holy Spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit was working in their lives, and they had to grow up. They had to go somewhere with this. And uh, they were growing, and they were maturing. And we as Christians, we need to understand that we need to mature. We need to grow, and we need to be going somewhere with this. And we see that uh, John is no longer uh, sitting, and uh, he's no longer, uh, he's moving forward is what he's doing here. In Acts 8.14, it says, Now when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. In verse 15, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And so they were busy. The first time John prayed, he asked for fire to come down upon the people. <laughs> and uh, we understand that uh, that may not have been a very good thing. No, this isn't the time of Eli you know, Elijah, and he's thinking back in the Old Testament, things like that. And he's thinking, oh, this might be a good thing. He was immature, but now he's mature. And we understand that he... Uh, he had grown to a place. The second time he prayed, he asked God to bless the people and to fill them with the Holy Spirit. He is no longer intolerant, but he is, uh, he is understanding. He has a grace within his life. John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us from all sin. John was changed and transformed. And we understand that he was rough around the edges at first, as we all are, but we understand that he, uh, had, he was maturing. We need to mature, amen? We need to grow. We need to allow the Lord to grow, take us somewhere. We also see the means of maturity. There, are, there, must be a, uh, we, there must be the miracle of life. We can't begin to grow until we have life. We must first get saved, amen? Become a Christian. And that's, that's what people are going to have to do. They have to become a Christian. Praise the Lord for people, people getting saved. There must be a passing of time. There is no instant maturity. I know some of us, we love instant, don't we? 
instant hot chocolate, instant ramen, instant this and that. We got a microwave, instant. Isn't it done yet? 30 seconds later, instant. And uh, we're instant people. We love instant stuff at times. We love instant stuff. But there's no instant maturity. God wants us to grow in peace uh, or grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our, do we know him? We need to get to know him. He wants us to grow. We also see that, uh, we understand that uh, secret of maturity is spending time. We're not going to mature overnight. It takes time. It takes time. And uh, sometimes we're looking at some things. I, I plan, I'm looking at them. I'm thinking, it's not growing fast enough. I mean, it's been a whole week. I mean, come on. And I'm looking at things I plan, and I want them to grow on. And I think one of our kids has a, a little, uh, uh, we have, you know, you get those pictures of what they look like when they're fully grown. And they're like sunflower seeds, uh, right? A sunflower, uh, uh, what is it, plant or whatever it is. And that thing grows up. It, has, it grows way up there. It grows fast, supposedly. And we've got this thing outside of our door. It's a sun, uh, sunflower plant. It's, grow, it's only this tall. And how long we've had that, Pam? Probably two weeks, three weeks? <laughs> About a month. And it's, you know, it's getting, you know where we live. It's getting plenty of sunlight. And uh, we want, we're, we're, we're on schedule here. Come on. And uh, we're giving it all the, all the different nutrients. We're giving it some coffee, a jolted. I don't know. <laughs> we want it to grow. We've heard that's fertilizer, by the way. And uh, we want this thing to grow. We're on a schedule here. But that's not how it works, is it? It doesn't work that way. And we get impatient sometimes. But God's not impatient at all, is he? We know, uh, under, uh, we know that God's not impatient. God knows. Uh, he is, is patient. And he, he'll be patient with us. And praise the Lord that he is patient with us. Um, but we, uh, we, uh, growth uh, requires nourishment. We have to feed on the Word of God. Are you feeding on the Word of God? Here it is. The Word of God. Are you feeding on it? I'm not feeding. You know, we need to be in the Word of God, feeding on it, and, and asking God, and, and getting, his, uh, getting Him involved with in our lives. And we understand that uh, He needs to be a part of our lives. There's no way that we can uh, grow without taking nourishment. And our nourishment is from the Word of God. We need to feed upon the Word of God, not merely read the Word, but ponder uh, over it and apply it. Uh, Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they were the joy and rejoice in my heart. Whenever I think of that verse, I think of a chef or something like that. Talking about, ooh, it's a joy. It, it, when he talks about the food he's making, because he's excited about, uh, he's a chef because, or a sous chef or whatever. He cooks, and he enjoys what he makes, and he can't wait to see how someone else will enjoy what he's making. And so he's talking about the word of God, and oh, if we, if we get excited like that, like have a passion, and understand, thy words were found, and I had to eat them, and they were the joy and rejoicing of my heart. If we just have a passion like some chefs have about their food, we would understand. And we would uh, convey that to others like, man, you're missing out if you don't know uh, my God. You're missing out if you, don't, if you don't get to know him. And we understand that we, we have a great opportunity when we, we have that relationship with him. We get into his word. It becomes a part of our life, our makeup. Many Christians read the Bible like it's a, re, uh, rece a recipe book. But uh, then they never eat the meal. It's unfortunate, isn't it? It's like a recipe book, but they never eat the meal. How many of you have, uh, how many of you have uh, books that talk about food and stuff like that? And they have great pictures in there, you know? And it talks about how you can make certain dishes and things like that. How many of you have books you've never made a meal out of? 
I think we all have. I, I think that is true, probably. You get them for Christmas, you get them for this or that. You've never made a rest, you've never made a meal out of one of those. Well, many of us, we have the Bible right here. Sometimes we've never, how many, maybe there's some books in the Bible you've never been in because you've never spent the time in it. And we need to get into God's word and make it ours. Uh, growth demands the discipline and exercise. And uh, he wants us to go somewhere with this. Uh, Hebrews 5.14, let's turn there if you would. Hebrews 5.14. I think there used to be a, a uh, what's for dinner tonight? There used to be a, a meat commercial or whatever. They talk about they, they would popular or they would uh, promote beef or whatever. And then what's for dinner tonight? And then back in the late 90s or whatever, they used to promote. And they looked for some, for like some pretty good dishes there. But we understand what's for dinner tonight. What's for dinner this week in the Word of God as you think about getting into the Word of God. Uh, and, and, and we see here in Hebrews 5.14, though, if we move along. We see here, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The maturity of the Christian gets to a place where he can eat the strong meat of the word. He's no longer drinking the milk of the word. He's, he's moved on to the meat of the word. And I don't know about you, but as a, a mature adult, I do like some good steak. I'm looking forward to that tri-steak we have at the men's meeting. I'm putting a, a promotion out there. But I'm looking forward to the, you know, you may put, you can you fill the gap there and say, I'm looking, for this, I'm looking forward to that In-N-Out burger because I know it has real meat in it. It's none of this uh, other stuff, you, you, they, no meat, whatever it is, I don't know. Uh, some of that, they got tasting pretty good, but I don't, I don't, I want the real stuff, Amen. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not, don't confuse it. We understand that we enjoy that stuff and we move on and we, and you're enjoying those things because you have matured to a place that you can eat meat. You're no longer a baby. You're no longer, uh, yeah, young men eat, eat meat too, but you've moved along and you're enjoying it. You're getting the sustenance and the things that that will bring to your life. And we, we understand this refers to full-grown Christians. Our physical bodies and exercise uh, toughen and harden. Many Christians are spiritually flabby. They have no strength or vitality because they have no exercise. They go to church on Sunday morning and sit and soak and think of uh, by being in church, they, uh, they're serving God. We call going to church the service, but the service actually begins when we walk out of the church building. That's when the service starts. When we begin to serve God, we're going to grow, and we're going to grow in the grace of, and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read the Word of God and don't worry about what you don't understand. Obey what you do understand and you'll, be, and you'll soon be understanding what you didn't understand. Amen. When it comes to service, don't worry uh, about what you can't do. Find out what you can do and begin to do it. So we see in conclusion, everybody likes those words, well... Uh, in conclusion, take the inventory, uh, take inventory of your life. Are you a child who is thankful that your sins are forgiven? Are you a young man who is work, a worker and a warrior? The church could not exist without workers and warriors, but these two stages are not the final goal. The final goal is to be like Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so John chapter 10, verse 30. Let's turn there if you would. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 10, 20. John 10, 20 says, <clears throat> let's see here. Let's see if I've got the right one here. 
John 10, 20. And many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him, but hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind about him? And said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. And so we understand here that uh, we, need to be li- we need to be the kind of Christian who can reproduce. We see here that uh, Jesus was explaining here, uh, and that's not really what I was looking for, but we understand that he and his Father was one. And they didn't accept that. They didn't, that was blasphemy to them, that he was saying that he was God. And they didn't like that. We understand. What's that? And verse 30, yeah. Oh, verse 30, you're right. <laughs> verse 30, I and my Father are one. There we go. I was, I was somewhere else. I was reading 20 out of 30. I don't know why. But anyways, my, I and my Father are one. We're the same. You need to be con- the kind of Christian who can reproduce, who has fatherly wisdom and who can f- meet the needs of others. If you've never r- received spiritual life, you need to be saved. There's good news. God loves you and he wants to save you. Amen. We understand today we have a great opportunity to mature. We need to mature. We need to get into it. Little by little, we need to be inching forward, moving forward. Sometimes it'll be growing faster than others time, but we need, to, we need the Lord to put the timer on. Amen? You set the timer, God. We need lives that, uh, we need lives that allows us to bring glory to God. And hopefully our lives, day by day, we'll pray to him, God, help bring in my life, help me to be in, bring things in my life that will bring glory to you. Because that's what we were made for. That's what we were created for. When we get where God wants us to go, uh, we will be blessed. And he will have his blessing. And if we don't get there because we missed out, because we didn't allow him to take us to that place, uh, we, are, we are missing out. And that's a tragedy. Amen? So sometimes that means that we need to be praying for ourselves, but we need to be praying for others. Sometimes we need to be encouraging others. There's some people that need just simply a little bit of encouragement. How many of us would know, would reach back in time and say, boy, I got some encouragement from that brother or sister. I got some encouragement. I can think back of some things that some people said uh, uh, back, in the, uh, back in the, a long time ago, and I can tell you that I can remember those times that they were, it was encouraging words that the God used at that time to encourage me, and we need to be that same encouragement to others. Maybe you'll be out there. Maybe you see some people that aren't in church right now, and uh, you're, that mature, you're that mature Christian that has the ability to understand that they're not here, and you know what? They may need, they may need nothing more than an encouragement, like, hey, we missed you. We love you. We, we, we'd love to see you back in church and, and, and make an effort to encourage them to be in church. And when they come here, just be an encouragement with them. Uh, I tell you what, uh, people live, this is a time, we're moving into Christmas time, Thanksgiving. This is a time where there's some people that have great deep depression. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a sad time. I remember my father, he had lived, uh, he, uh, he's, he, he went on to be with the Lord back in 86, 1986, but during Christmas time, he was a very depressing time at certain things in his life. And there's a lot of people that have, go through that depressing time. But I'm telling you, it's a different picture when you're a Christian. It's a different picture when you're in God's house and, and you get that encouragement that you need. So those depressing times aren't as depressing because you have other Christians in the fellowship and they're encouraging you and they're changing that. And God is using them. And, you know, God will use us if we'll allow it, but we need to be mature Christians, amen? With your heads bowed, eyes closed tonight.